Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show, everyone in the United States and around the world. Thank you so much, all these countries listening to the show, uh, China to Australia, and you hear me say this every week, but even if there's one person in Saudi Arabia, which there is, listening to the show, that person is making a difference. So what you have to do is spread the news to everyone else so we have quality of life internationally. Now, favorite part, I've got to say hello to all my friends from the State Department, starting with Richard Roberts right there in Brazil, who is a very close friend of mine, and stay tuned. I know at some point we had a show with him from Japan. We'll be having one from Brazil, but I just love him so much. Uh, and Gang Young, who I got a note from in South Korea. Hello, Gang Young. You know how much I love you, uh, especially that we were in South Korea twice. Uh, you are a great disability rights leader. Uh, Venumin, Venumin in Kazakhstan. How are you today? Uh, Cheryl Harris, who was in Tunisia, is now with the U.S. State Department. Uh, and then we did, I have been to Indonesia. I've done virtually Nigeria uh, and, you know, in Libya. So anyone I've missed, I think you're all so awesome in the State Department. So you all understand this. If a country somewhere in the world requests an expert on the employment of people with disabilities, the State Department frequently sends me, and I'll go there for a week, and I'll be with someone like Richard or Gang Young, and it's just such a wonderful thing. I was with Richard in South Korea and Japan. Uh, so thank you, thank you for what you're doing. And a special shout out to my friend Yoshiko, Yoshiko Dart. My hat's off to you, Yoshiko. You know, Yoshiko's husband, the late Justin Dart, was the general of the ADA. And I am going to make sure, even though it's been 10 years, I'm going to make sure you remember him because we've got to keep our history alive. Hi, Mark. Oh, my goodness, Highmark is such a great company. Highmark has been a su supporter forever and, most important right now, the executive producer of the Pittsburgh CLO, Mark Fleischer. Oh, my God, we have him with us today. Mark, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Joyce. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Well, we feel honored to have you. We have a, a superstar with us today from the theater. And aren't we lucky that right here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, you are. And as you can see, Mark, we have listeners from around the United States, but also around the world. And I like people to know a little bit about my guest. So how about if we start by you telling our listeners, and this is what I refer to it as, your story, like where you grew story. up and went on, and now look where you are today. So let's hear your story. 
<laughs> my story. Well, let's see. Um, I grew up in suburban Dallas in a town called Plano, Texas, uh, where I spent most of my life until I was about 30 doing all sorts of things. And I found my way into the theater probably from a very young age. My parents tell stories of me dancing to the band on a trip to Disneyland. I used to put on shows in my garage with people standing on my dad's car as if it was Grease Lightning from Grease. <laughs> Um, I was never a sports person. Um, I always tell the story that my dad was an athlete. I wanted to play football. I thought he took me in the backyard, pushed me down and said, see, you don't like that. I'm like, no, you're right. I don't like that. <laughs> so I stuck with the arts, um, and found my family and my tribe, uh, really amazingly did, uh, did shows through school, but really was in high school with a, like so many people, a teacher, uh, John Steele, Mr. Steele. Um, who really showed me the possibilities of what the arts could be in theater and just was such an important mentor to me. But I actually fought being in the theater for a while, thought I would be a doctor and went to pre-med and um, came back around uh, and tell the story that my mother said, uh, you know, if the arts are too hard, do you want to really do that? And I've been lucky. I've been fully employed in the theater in some way or other, since I left college, uh, mostly because I was willing to say yes. I did set design, I did acting, I did lighting design, I did directing. Um, and then luckily at the age of 23 or 24, a neighbor came over and said, I've just taken over the board of a small community theater in, in my hometown. Would you like to help run it? Because I don't have time. And so I signed a nine-month contract with the Plano Repertory Theater and stayed for about 10 years. Um uh, moving it and growing it. Um, and that's really where I think sort of my heart came out in discovering that I really liked being part of an organization that's rooted in its community. Um, I never had visions of going to New York and being an actor. Um, I wanted to be in my community. I wanted to do theater that was responsive. I loved knowing, running into people in the grocery store. And, you know, this little bitty theater I ran in a 160-seat warehouse sort of was my graduate school for how to run a theater. And from there, I've went to real graduate school in Chicago at DePaul, the theater school at DePaul University. And then I ran a small theater company in upstate New York called the Adirondack Theater Festival, which is where I kind of fell in love with doing newer shows. And then uh, my predecessors here at CLO recruited me to start a new musicals program in 2014. And that's when I moved to Pittsburgh. And Coming up the ladder, sort of went from associate artistic director to producing director until a year ago when the board of directors appointed me to succeed Van Kaplan uh, as executive producer. Um, so that's my Reader's Digest version for you, Joyce. <laughs> well, we are so fortunate to have you. We are. Oh, because you're you. doing so many great things, and including people with disabilities, I might add. Yep. But I want I want everyone to know about the CLO. I know there are those that still know it as Pittsburgh Civic Light Opera, but we do <laughs> go now, so everyone knows. We go by the CLO. And I, you know, the CLO premiered in 1946 at the Pitt Stadium. And I read this quote from the Sun-Telegraph who predicted the CLO will inaugurate a cycle in the city's musical history that will outlive us all. And it did. And it's so <laughs> great what has happened. Uh, but I thought, tell our listeners like about the CLO, what it is, what's a season like, what could 
you know, how do you subscribe? How do you make a donation? <laughs> of course. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the, the point you made uh, at the beginning, it was, it was founded in 46 as a, an answer to sort of post-World War II, how can we bring the community together as a group? And the city fathers at that time thought musical theater was the answer. And, and, and we've been doing that ever since, bringing the community together. We're now just finished our 76th year, um, which is quite amazing. And one of the things that attracted me to this organization was its history and that it's been part of the fabric of the community. And we started out doing six shows in the summer. It's where Broadway stars would come to work in the summer under the stars at Pitt Stadium. And then we've moved uh, through the Civic Arena, uh, a tent, Heinz Hall, and now we're at the Benenham Center, the beautiful crown jewel of the cultural district, uh, the 2800-seat Benenham Center, where we do six Broadway-style musicals that we produce in Pittsburgh using a mix of Pittsburgh artists as well as Broadway performers that we recruit in. Uh, we're one of the last great summer stocks. means we do our shows in nine days. Uh, so they start on a Monday, and by the next Tuesday, we're performing our shows. Um, and it's really been something, you know, to see the community that's been coming for years. You know, I love what happens on stage, but What's been really interesting for me is to meet people like I met a gentleman this summer who said he's been having for uh, a, a father-daughter dates guaranteed by the CLO. And then the daughter came over who was an adult and told me that she's been doing this since she was a child. Um, so that idea of bringing the community together is really what we do. Musical theater is the art form, but it's the medium for having people sit together, have a shared experience. And while we're mostly known for the summer season, we're actually year-round operation. Um, we have a CLO Academy of Musical Theater. I know we talked about, we're going to talk about later, uh, which does classes for all types of young people and even adults. Um, we have in-school programs we do, whether that's a residency at a, at a school called Creative Vision. We do a touring program of historic musicals. Um, called Gallery of Heroes. This coming year, we'll be producing a new show in Gallery of Heroes based on the life and legacy of the civil rights leader and late representative John Lewis. Um, we do the Kelly Awards, which is the high school Tony Awards for all the high schools in Allegheny County. Um, and then beyond, we also do a musical Christmas Carol every year at the Byam Theater. It's been a 20, almost 31-year tradition. And then we have new musicals that we create. Um, while we're very much dedicated to Pittsburgh, we also believe in launching careers and nurturing homegrown talent and creating shows that go around the country. Um, we just finished doing a production of Sister Act based on the Whoopi Goldberg movie, and it was created in Pittsburgh, and we toured it to Kansas City for an extra week, giving actors additional employment and, of course, representing Pittsburgh uh, in the Midwest at Kansas City. We've produced Broadway shows, and American in Paris is one of our shows. So I think one of the things to kind of get to the heart of this, Joyce, is that the reason I think we're still here 75 years later, as you can tell, is that we're very entrepreneurial. Uh, and we don't rest on our laurels. We find a way to be relevant and entertaining and moving the art forward, forward and investing in our community uh, well beyond just the ticket uh, that someone might buy to a show. And I'm so proud. I'm so proud to be uh, on the board of the CLO because yep. uh, of all these wonderful things that, that we do. Uh, for our community and nationally, as you said, with these shows that we produced. This show about John Lewis, when and where mm -hmm. will that be? 
So this is a show we've been working on. We started it pre-pandemic. Uh, Nambi E. Kelly and Joe Plummer are the writers. They've been working on it. Um, it's a part of a program called Gallery of Heroes that we tour into schools. Typically, pre-COVID, we were touring into 110 schools. It's a 50-minute, fully-produced musical. Um, and then we'll also try to find some times in the community. We, sometimes we produce them at the Heinz History Center for the public to see them as well. But we work with the Heinz History Center as partners. They help us create um, study guides for the students. Um, it's really going to be a great show, um, really sort of hitting on some of the civil rights history um, for young people. In a, in a, it's, it, the whole program has been designed to teach history and social studies in an interactive way that's well beyond a lecture or a book. Oh, I think that is so awesome. I can't wait to see that. I think yeah. that is so awesome. Uh, and we have a cabaret. Yes, we do. Um, it's our small musical space. Um, it's actually in the middle of being renovated by the Cultural Trust uh, until next May. But it's where we've created sort of a an entry point, as you were, for people who don't maybe not know musicals or the idea of going to the Benidim seems a little intimidating. This is a 200-seat a theater with food and beverage. We tend to do lighter fare um, and some new musicals there. Um, and that's really been a great way for someone to come and have a, you know, a, a drink, eat a little food, watch a comedy. And from there, we've been able to cross-market, to use the technical term, and they've come and experienced the summer season or Christmas Carol or enrolled their children or grandchildren in a class. Uh, we kind of see everything we do as interconnected um, because, again, I'm trying to find a way to make sure there is an entry point for everyone so that CLO is a Pittsburgh CLO for all Pittsburgh. I'll tell you, I love A Christmas Carol. You know, I went to <laughs> uh, Geneva College and uh -huh. I took a class in Dickens, and to this day, he is my favorite author. So, of course, I love mm -hmm. A Christmas Carol, but if you are anywhere in this area, region, wherever, you cannot believe how spectacular it is. And the scene with Marley appearing, I'm not going to give anything away, but it is <laughs> unbelievable. The whole thing is Fezziwig, the dancing all parts of it, you would not be disappointed. It is one of my highlights of the year, A Christmas Carol, which is, of no, course, in you. December. Oh, it is so good. It is fantastic. And if you would want to go see that uh, in December, yep. Mark, what would they do? So uh, tickets are already on sale for uh, A Christmas Carol. It runs December 9th through the 23rd. We have a variety of times and performances to fit everyone's holiday schedule. Uh, PittsburghCLO.org is our website. There's a quick link right on the homepage. Say, so I want to know more about Christmas Carol. It's really, as you said, Joyce, it's a great show written by David Bell. It's filled with holiday uh, carols and music, but also this incredible story of redemption uh, and that it isn't too late to make a turn, to make a change and be a positive force uh, in our world. And I think that's what people really respond to when they come to the show. Yes, it is. It is. Uh, it's awesome. So remember, CLO.org. CLO.org. Well, Mark, I must say, one of the things I'm so proud of is that the CLO survived the pandemic because that was beyond a scary time, you know, to not mm -hmm. to be not able to open 
And then even when we did, it would have been everyone spread out so far. Really, there are, sadly, organizations, not-for-profits, and other groups nationally that sadly did not survive. But we did. Uh, and I must say, uh, the board and your leadership and Van and everyone did absolutely, and Helen, Hannah Casey, yep. did an unbelievable job. But um, how did that happen? How did that happen? And also, what did you do on a virtual basis? Well, I think the thing that was most happened, as you referenced all those groups of people, is that we pulled together. Um, I've never seen communication and commitment uh, at a time when we couldn't even be in the same room. I mean, theaters were the first to shut down, and we were the last to reopen. You know, our art form happens in a communal space with, you know, sort of breathing the same air, as it were. And at that time, that was not safe, and we needed to do what was right for our people. So, you know, uh, my staff and the board were incredibly creative and incredibly nimble. And the story that I like to talk about the most is we've referenced the Asilo Academy, where we have our classes. We knew that those students were really relying on that time together, what it meant to them. We have 40 different school, uh, 40 different school districts represented in students that come down to the CLO Academy in downtown Pittsburgh. So the first thing we did was charge our education committee with figuring out how to get classes online. And, you know, everyone was suddenly learning how to use Zoom. Five days after the shutdown, we had classes back up all virtually, and watching students on the Zoom screen, you know, see each other and be able to talk, and we found ways to sing, we found ways to, to do shows, and they're really getting the students back was our first priority, um, so that they had a, an outlet and they had a community in the midst of these challenges, and what must have been, I mean, it was scary for us. I can't only imagine what it was like for a young person uh, to find themselves in the midst of the pandemic. After that, we then turned to how can we get our artists uh, they had all lost money. When I canceled the 20, 2020 summer season, it was one of the saddest days I've ever had calling actors because I knew they weren't just using losing the CLO job. They were losing five or six jobs at all sorts of different theaters. So we created some fun things to do. Uh, we created uh, videograms where you could hire a CLO artist and they sung songs and recorded it and then you bought it and sent it out as a birthday card and that got some money for a handful of artists. We commissioned some new songs and a thing we called Songs for a New Year, where uh, songwriters, we paid to write a song how they felt about the coming new year and the passing old year. And then we made those into music videos. Um, and then we released them. It was like we were MTV for a while. Um, and then I think the one, since you talked about how much you love Christmas, Carol, again, partnerships. WQED, our public television station here in Pittsburgh, and CLO partnered. We took a, an archival tape of a musical Christmas carol, never intended for broadcast, but working with QED and some of our other artists, we re-edited it, and we broadcast it on public television for free uh, for four different broadcasts so that Christmas carol would be part of Pittsburgh's holiday season. And it was finding those sort of unique and new ideas. I launched a talk show um, with interviewing CLO artists. We did an online store so people could buy CLO merchandise. You know, it just was really amazing to find the creativity 
that found ways to reach our audience um, in a new way. But, I mean, I, I'm probably leaving out half the things we figured out, but I would say, again, the things I'm most proud of would be the way the school got back up online in five days, um, as well as a Christmas Carol with QED. Well, you are, you know, when you said about the school getting back up, which Keisha, who works for the CLO, is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. But when we got mm -hmm. this uh, going, it is from the pandemic that we may end up having, you know, a national program that includes mm -hmm. high school students with disabilities, the Bender Leadership Academy. Right jointly with yep. the CLO, we all know that if you can add the arts to any type of education, no matter what it is, not only is it important and great, but it does something for the self-esteem of people. And to these high school students with disabilities, you know, not only them, but their whole family is going to be right. seeing in the school and everyone, uh, but it is a result of that. Uh, and you did keep it going and have done a phenomenal job with it. And I want to thank you on behalf of people with disabilities, Mark, that you have been supportive. I really can't thank you enough. Well, thank you, Joyce. And you're right. It's, it was so many people, Keisha, Mike, Jim, board members, who all just have such a commitment you know, that we're about supporting the full community and, and finding those tools that we can utilize and share. And, you know, yes, music, as I keep saying, musical theater is the vehicle, but what it actually offers is teamwork and self-confidence and meeting a deadline and joy and, you know, just sharing a, an experience with your fellow uh, citizens. Um, that's the real, real result of what we do, um, not just the show on stage. And you know what? I, I'm so honored to be on the board. I, too, of course, as my listeners mm -hmm. know, live with epilepsy and a hearing mm -hmm. loss. Uh, and this is how it got going that I now have this national company and speak around the world. Mm -hmm. But I want to tell you that music makes such a difference. And do you know, mm -hmm. every time I go to the CLO, I feel happy. I do. I always Aww. feel happy. Um, and so listening to the show right now, I cannot begin to emphasize to you enough how wonderful the musicals and theater is at the CLO, clo.org. You can either become a subscriber or make a donation. And, and I just want to remind you, this is a fantastic gift for anyone like that. Uh, a Christmas Carol, perfect example. It's uh, If you're one of those people, like so many of us, oh my goodness, what could I do? What could I give? This is a great gift, A Christmas Carol. But also, uh, I want to mention, as you all know, this show is on demand. It's live now, but it's on demand where you can hear the show on Spotify or Apple uh, or, of course, voiceamerica.com mm -hmm. or benderconsult.com. If you're listening and you're thinking, oh, I wish so-and-so could hear about it, remember, you can send this podcast. We have a huge on-demand listening audience. So remember, you can share this with someone else so they can hear about these great things at the CLO also. And something 
I must tell you something I'm upset about. Every year, when I get ready to go to the Gene Kelly Awards, something happens with my schedule. So I've already told Carol, my executive assistant, I don't care who it is, what it is, <laughs> next May, you must set these days aside. Uh, and Mark, would you mind telling everyone about the Gene Kelly Awards, You know how it started, what the program is? Sure. Well, of course, um, you know, Gene Kelly is a Pittsburgh native. We're very, you know, we're very proud of that here in Pittsburgh. And uh, about 31 years ago, a group of volunteers that we have at our organization called the Ambassadors um, wanted to come up with an idea that they could honor the youth of Pittsburgh. And so they and my predecessor before Van, uh, Charlie Gray, said, why don't we do an award show uh, for all these high school musicals. I mean, any of you who've been involved or went to high school or kids in high school know that every spring usually there's a musical being done. I know it was true when I was in high school, and it's true here. So Pittsburgh CLO um, invites local uh, Allegheny County high schools um, to submit, as it were, their musical. We send judges and adjudicators, which are theater professionals and people who love the arts, um, and we create nominees uh, in all those categories from um, lighting design and set design and ensemble and best actor and best actress and supporting, and we throw a giant celebration at the Benham Center. Shows come, and just like any award show, there are musical numbers and there's an opening number, um, and we give recognition. And what's so great about it is the noise in the theater is so loud because students are cheering on their peers. You know, much like, you know, the theater kids don't often get that. The sports kids get it. But in this environment, they're, you know, they call out someone's name and they've been nominated or they're getting a scholarship and the place just erupts with so much support. Um, I'm usually backstage and I watch these kids who are technically competing with each other, but they're really supporting each other. Um, so the Kelly Awards um, was the first of its kind in the country. Um, after that, uh, Keisha, who you have referenced, and others went around the country like Johnny Appleseed, teaching other communities how to do these programs. Now there are 46 uh, musical theater high school award programs across the country. And then once that had been established, um, the Pittsburgh Steelers created the Jimmy Awards with the Nederlanders and the Broadway League in New York City. And the best actor and best actress from each of these 46, 47 competitions come to New York for a week where they train with NYU professors and Broadway professionals, and they put on a show um, at the Minskoff where the Lion King is. They make their Broadway debut. And then there's other scholarships. Um, it's really quite something um, to watch this stars of the future come. Um, many people who've come through the Jimmies now and through the Kellys have gone on to be professionals uh, in the industry and win awards. But also for us in the Kelly Awards, what makes it so exciting is they have people that go on to be lawyers and doctors and nurses and teachers, but they remember that role of musical theater. We even have a scholarship we give away for a kid at the Kelly Awards who is not going into musical theater. Because we do believe that this experience is for everyone, not just the person who says, I want to be on Broadway. And that's why we give away over $35,000 in college scholarships at this event. Um, and we just want to make sure that, you know, this group that has worked so hard at their school, especially in the last couple of years to make sure musicals happen, get this recognition. It is 
truly a magical event. And the idea that it started in Pittsburgh and has now been spread across the country uh, through our goodwill. We didn't charge anybody to learn how to do the Kelly Awards. We just sent them the book and answered their questions. Uh, but it's meant that we touch the lives of so many young people and they get the recognition they deserve for the work they've done. And you know what? That is so great. Isn't that like the end of May, the Gene Kelly Awards? Isn't it around there? Yeah, it's always um, Memorial Day weekend, the Saturday of Memorial Day weekend. So I think that means May 29th this coming year, I believe. Uh-oh, I already know it. I got it. You know, um, we do have some famous people right here from Pittsburgh, like Billy Porter. So we right. ha- And boy, you missed it. If the year before or whenever that was... Kinky Boots, when he was the star, oh, my goodness, that was amazing. That was truly amazing. Uh, But, yeah, we got a lot of famous people from here. But right now, we're going to go on the half hour to our news break. You know, we have a news break on national news every show uh, with our anchor person, Perry Jude Radisic. Uh, Perry, welcome to the show. Joyce, thanks. Uh, Pleasure to be here. So, Perry, what's going on? What news do you have for us today? Yeah, I I want to let your listeners know that a new report, and this was published by the ARC of Pennsylvania, a new report came out on the COVID-19 healthcare crisis. Now, we know it's been difficult. The impact of the pandemic has absolutely been staggering on us, on individuals with disabilities and our families, especially people living in rural areas and the BIPOC communities. So the Arc of Pennsylvania put together a statewide health disparities leadership task force to look at COVID-19. And it's really important that we document both the good and the bad that happened during COVID-19 and the impact on people with disabilities. So just last week, the ARC published this new report about the effect of the pandemic and, of course, calling for greater diversity, inclusive planning, and emergency response. So in Pennsylvania and across the country, it's really seems like yesterday, we knew emergency response planning was not considering all of our unique needs in the disability community early in the pandemic. And emergency planning wasn't accounting for all of the challenges people with disabilities were facing when we were trying to access appropriate information or care. So the Arc of Pennsylvania, in coalition with disability healthcare and other advocates, concluded this year-long research project, and that included interviews with stakeholders, surveys, regional meetings, and the report is called COVID-19 Health Barriers Among People with Disabilities. So some of the biggest issues that Pennsylvanians with disabilities reported during COVID-19 was, as we could imagine, barriers to accessible information, reduced access to testing, vaccinations, and accommodations, and increased risk of severe illness or death due to COVID-19. 
So advocacy matters. If you want to get a copy of this report, maybe talk about it in your state and learn more about the work of the COVID-19 Health Disparity Statewide Leadership Task Force in Pennsylvania, go to our website. It's disabilityrightspa.org. That's disabilityrightspa.org. And then you can get a link to the report and more information from the ARCS task force. Wow, that is so important. You know what, Perry? I'm going to send that to Sherelle Barber, the director of the Ubuntu Center, social epidemiologist, and Sherelle's father is the Reverend Dr. William Barber. But Sherelle uh, from Harvard is working on that healthcare disparity. That is really uh, all we have to do is go to uh, disabilityrightspa.org. ORG, and we can get that report. And Perry, as usual, thank you so much for that timely news. Hey, thanks, Joyce. Have a good day. All right. Um, well, I think we have some callers on the line here, according to my great engineer, Rachel. Um, do we have on the line first Scott? Scott, are you on? Scott Hammerstrom? I'm right here. Joyce, can you hear me? Yes, I can. How are you, Scott? Hi, Joyce. Hi, Mark. I am doing wonderful today. Thank you. Hi, Mark. So, Scott is the leader that runs the show at the Bender Leadership Academy. Yes, and thank you so much for having me on, Joyce. And, uh, and Mark, it's very nice to talk to you, and I know... Bender Leadership Academy, we work with youth with disabilities, and we are getting them ready for the world of work, and we are very excited about partnering up with the, the Pittsburgh CLO and incorporate some of the arts into our curriculum um, with we have with our students and you know, getting them ready for the world of work. I think it's going to be a, a wonderful partnership, and we're looking forward to that getting moving hopefully sometime in November. We're very, very excited, and... Um, yeah, we, we do a lot of different things with Bender Leadership Academy, and, uh, and as, as for us to incorporate the arts is very, very important. And I know one of the programs joints that we're uh, starting to plan for in October uh, is this, uh, the uh, Disability Mentoring Day, and um, where we have, last year we had over 500 students with disabilities who participated, and uh, we may have a board this year, and they get to go to uh, uh, a local business to learn a little bit about the business and, and get uh, their thoughts on what they could do after high school. And uh, so we're very excited about that program coming up too, Joyce. And you know what, Mark? Uh, we have a high school student. Uh, his first name is Hero with a mental health disability. And he is a classical pianist, and he is mm -hmm. going to play that night at the uh, event. So we have some future people lined up to work with you at the CLO, and he is uh, he's a very talented young man. Oh, yeah. well, we welcome that. I can't wait to hear it. Duquesne University. Yeah. He's yeah, that right. is great. Yeah. And I see we also have a superstar on the line, someone that I just adore and think so highly of, and that would be Chris Kobus. Are you with us? <laughs> Hello, Joyce. How are you today? I'm great now Joyce, that I you hear, hear your voice, Chris. Okay. Yes. Yes. I said I'm great now that I hear your voice. 
<laughs> it's always nice to talk to you, and it's nice to hear everyone else, too. Um, you know, I called in because I've been hearing you talk all about uh, the Pittsburgh CLO. I've been listening to the show. And, uh, and you know, our uh, education programs and our outreach programs are are, are really sort of a hidden gem of the, of, of the Pittsburgh CLO, and I know that Mark feels the same way. One of the programs that you've been, you've kind of alluded to, uh, us working with the, the Bendership Leadership Academy, Bender Leadership Academy. Um, but really, I would imagine that the listeners are saying, why does the CLO have anything to do with disabilities? And, and we really haven't talked about a program that we've had for many years called New Horizons. Uh, the New Horizons program, uh, was started by Charlie Gray. I think Mark mentioned Charlie was two two executive directors ago at the CLO, um, and he started a program uh, in education for kids and adults with disabilities uh, to sing and dance and act to learn that. And it isn't therapeutic at all. It's uh, it was just it was just an activity that uh, they can be involved in with the. Uh, with the Pittsburgh CLO under the uh, leadership of the Academy people uh, there. And, um, and we've been doing that for Mark. I, I'm going to say 25 years. Do you think? Uh, let's say you yeah, founded in 95. So it's been quite a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so Wait. we have teachers uh, who are very skilled at working with people, working with people who have disabilities. Um, and some pretty severe disabilities as well, but but I but I think we understand the some of the limitations and don't allow them to be limitations uh, that people with disabilities have because there's there doesn't have to be if you understand the best way to to go about learning processing information uh, and becoming a, a part of this and so we're really excited to be a part of the Bender Leadership Academy and to take these skills that we've learned to a much wider audience. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, because the leadership, the, these kids can be a part of it virtually and, and, and perhaps in person. We're kind of in the planning stages of that. But I think that will be a, a, a really great program uh, to be able to expand. And if we do it well enough, we can expand it to uh, farther than western Pennsylvania. What do you think about that, Mark? I think it's great, and I think that's been our whole goal is how to partner and find strength in those partnerships and expand the reach. Um, you know, we've served about 500 students through um, uh, New Horizons over the years, and to find more and to utilize our skills to benefit the goals of the Bender Leadership Academy, it seems like a win-win. Well, we know it's possible with Allie in Oklahoma winning a Tony Award. I mean, here's someone in yep. a wheelchair that wins the Tony Award. Uh, So we know it's possible, but I'm going to tell you, I just think it's going to help these students build their confidence and grow even more. Chris, don't you agree with that? Well, you know, that's that's the whole point. I think we we have had this academy for a long time, and uh, whether you're uh, able-bodied or disabled, it really doesn't matter when you're when you have the opportunity to be a part of the arts, uh, all the things that Mark has said about uh, growing in self-esteem, your ability to present yourself well, uh, your confidence levels, your ability to, to work with others as a team, all of those wonderful things you learn by being a participant in the arts. Uh, and, 
and, and I think that for those kids who have disabilities, I know that self-confidence is definitely an issue, and, uh, and as it would be for, for some kids who just have, uh, who are shy, you know, or any of those kinds of, of, of things. Um, and we know that the academy helps bring that out. And most of the kids who come to the academy now uh, are never going to be professionals. That's, that's not what they're there for. Uh, but, right. but they're there to learn a lot of other things, lots of other life skills. Um, I think that, yeah. and so we're hoping to give those some of those life skills uh, to the to the kids who come through the Bender Leadership Academy. And just so all of our listeners understand, there's the CLO Academy, and this is the academy uh, for people without disabilities that, although I'm sure some of them do, it's just they don't talk about it, uh, to teach mm-hmm. them the arts, dancing, acting, singing, that's absolutely fantastic. Uh, but the New Horizons, as Chris and Mark said, has been here. It's just people don't know about it. It's like this hidden secret that's a great, great thing that everyone wants should know about where they're teaching people with disabilities to do the same thing and if i'm right chris wasn't there was it at a christmas carol what was it at there was something where before is that where it was before the musical started um, go ahead for a couple of years we've for a couple of years we've uh, at at uh, musical christmas carol uh, we have had the uh, participants in the New Horizons program uh, on stage before the Christmas Carol, um, and uh, with some of our able-bodied students as well, and they do a combined medley of Christmas songs uh, for the audience to see. And if you want to see people who are excited, uh, not only are the students excited, but the families who have come to see their their kids, and and in fact some uh, some of the adults in, in our program too, uh, who are on the stage. The families are so excited, and their friends get to come and see them on stage. Uh, and it's an opportunity that we really love giving to our uh, academy students and to the students in the New Horizons program. It's a it's it's really a fun time, and uh, and it gets everybody in the Christmas spirit as well. It does. It is a wonderful thing. Uh, so Chris Cobas is a great community leader, and she is on the board and has been for a long time and heads this education committee and is the person that recruited me to be on the board of the CLO. Uh, And she's just so fantastic. And Scott (laughs) Amherstrom is the leader, uh, runs the show at the Bender Leadership Academy, and he has such a passion for these students. Uh, And by the way, that's benderleadership.org. Uh, and then the CLO, CLO.org. So thank you so much, Chris and Scott, for calling in. If I could mention one other thing, um, if there are people with disabilities listening who would want to be a part of the New Horizons program, you don't have to be part of vendor leadership to be in New Horizons. So if um, you can go to, it's actually the, the website is PittsburghCLO.org. Uh, and you can go on there and under the education tab, uh, find New Horizons, and you can see the programs that are available and contact us directly, uh, if, even if you're not going to be part of Bender Leadership Academy. So that program is open and available to uh, people with disabilities, uh, and uh, and we have a, a you know semesters of programs. 
Uh, and as I say, it's not therapeutic. It is, it is definitely uh, for fun and enjoyment um, and learning. And I, I think it, so that's another opportunity uh, for uh, your listeners or for the, for the children of your listeners uh, to be a part of the Pittsburgh CLO. We'd love to have them. And uh, I'm so glad you said that, Chris. That is right. Anyone listening to the show with a disability that's interested, pittsburghclo.org, New Horizons tab, uh, everyone's welcome. Everyone's welcome with a disability. Uh, Thank you for saying that, uh, Chris. And that includes, I think you figured it out now, but that includes adults, not just Uh, students. Correct. So, uh, Correct. E- yeah, everyone get involved. PittsburghCLO.org. Go to the Horizons program, and we will look forward to seeing you there. Chris and Scott, thank you so much for calling in. Thanks, Joyce. Thank it was good to talk to you. Okay, bye bye. She is so awesome. Oh, she loves yeah, the she is. C- yeah, she loves the CLO. Uh, well, what do you think about this, Mark? Uh, how how important do you think this will be for these high school students with disabilities or anyone with a disability? Uh, what do you think about it? Well, I, I think the partnership is great because I think the idea of bringing a new people in, but the idea of utilizing the arts, as you've said, as a tool for preparing for business careers, whether that's the ability to act and role play in a customer service uh, role or just how to be around other people and be in the team. We, that's what I said. We like the musicals because it's the vehicle. It's light. It's fun. But at the end of the day, it's giving you an opportunity to shine as your own star in your own musical, as it were. Um, you know, we wanted to create this program to, uh, so people could feel joy and fulfillment of what it means to perform. And I think the idea of combining the Vendor Leadership Academy curriculum with the New Horizons curriculum, I think is only going to make it an even better program. I do, too. And, you know, we know that students with disabilities are bullied more than any other group. Yep. And this helps build confidence. It does. It helps build confidence. And, you know, I am, I'm so excited about it. I believe someday, Mark, they'll be talking about this at the White House. So that's how <laughs> spectacular I think it's going to be. Uh, and by the way, you know, if you tuned in, I've been talking to Mark Fleischer, executive producer of the Pittsburgh CLO, and it's pittsburghclo.org. If you want to uh, find out more about the CLO, and I, I hope you will do that, um, I, I do. And also, I think it's important for people with disabilities right now who want to attend uh, the musicals, mm-hmm. and I know you and Keisha have been working to try to make it more accessible for everyone. No, yes, that's been a very key goal to us. When we did, you know, your favorite show, Christmas Carol, last year, we decided that we would have to sign interpreters at every performance, not just the one that's in the middle. And what if it doesn't? Um, what if that? A deaf patron can't attend that night. So we decided to invest in having a sign interpreter at every performance. Uh, we're working on having more audio description. We're working with Christmas Carol to have a sensory-friendly performance because, you know, we, we want people to come. Um, and I would encourage your listeners, if they have ideas on how CLO could make 
um, its performance is more inviting, more accessible. We would love to hear from them. You can find email addresses on the website. Um, it's not me saying what I think should happen. I want to hear from the disability community on how we can be uh, there to help them, and their ideas matter more to me than anything I can come up with. Um, so I, I'm hoping your listeners, if they love musicals and want to be able to attend, I'd love to know what the barriers are and what we may have inadvertently set up. We have a lot of work to do. Uh, if I'm going to live up to my promise, it'll be a Pittsburgh CLO for all Pittsburgh. I need all people to help us figure out that path. Um, you know, so uh, we're thrilled with the steps we're taking, but we know that we're behind and we know it's not enough. Um, we want to make sure musicals are there for everyone who wants to enjoy them. Mark, you know what? I just love you. You know that you are so right on. Now, why I'm saying that is there's a mantra in the disability community, nothing about us without us. And there right. you are already getting it, saying, "We want. I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. And if you're listening to the show, whether you're employment, not-for-profit, company, whatever you are, Nothing about us without us is what he just said. <laughs> I want to hear from you. You, 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 that is, thank you so much uh, for realizing that, Mark. Thank you so much. Okay, here's the hardest question of the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hardest question coming up. What is your favorite musical? Oh, um, I don't know if I can say my favorite, but I will say what to me is my most important musical, and that would be A Chorus Line, which we just produced this past summer. I was able to bring in Byrick Lee, who was in the original Broadway production, uh, to be a part of that. And actually, in another show, uh, we had um, some original cast members this year. Um, but I will say it's important because at the I, as we referenced earlier, I grew up in Texas. It's a major sports place. I didn't fit in. I was awkward. I grew up with a slight heart condition that limited what my ability was to do things. I never fit in. I went, was taken by my parents at the age of 12 to see a chorus line at the Fair Park Music Hall. Um, I had no idea what I was going to see. They just put me in the car. But from that original 5678... And the stories that were shared um, by, if anyone doesn't know the show, it's an audition. And the director asked people to sort of talk about these characters, why they're in this business, what was their childhood like. And I suddenly realized that there was going to be a place for me. And not just meaning I would be in the theater, although that's what happened, but to hear, I had referenced it, another actor talks about making, uh, one of the characters talks about making up shows in their living room with their friends. And I'm like, I do that. And another person talks about uh, the challenges of being in school where people picked on. I'm like, I was picked on. And I was so mesmerized by this show um, and what it meant that, you know, I guess there's another movement out there. It gets better. And I think that's what I realized watching a chorus line. And now as an adult, we just produced the show and I was talking to the cast on the first day of rehearsal. I said, there's going to be another 12 year old me in the audience in Pittsburgh. There's going to be someone who's going to experience it. I think sometimes we as performers and theater people forget that magic of what that experience can be. And I said, we did chorus line this summer. I must've watched it so many times. I usually, usually watch the run through at the end of rehearsal. I watched three run throughs in the rehearsal hall. The show just means so much to me 
because it gave me such hope as an awkward 12-year-old that there was going to be a community, there was going to be life. Um, and then, of course, I latched onto it in a way that no one would have thought as I sit here now as executive producer at Pittsburgh CLO coming full circle. Um, so while I don't know if it's my favorite, there's many I love out there. I'm a big Sondheim fan. Um, I love the classics. I would just say Chorus Line is probably the most important musical because I wouldn't be sitting here, and I don't think I would have had the hope in my life if I hadn't seen that at the age of 12. And I give my parents a lot of credit because it is not an, it is a mature show in its subject matter, so I don't even know if they knew what they were taking me to see. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my roundabout answer. It's, it's a Chorus Line. It has to be. You know what? That is such a great story. So just to... Just to uh, tell you something that happened, I uh, had I gave tickets to some of my employees, and instead of calling, which they always do, I loved it. It was great. The dancing was great. One of the people I sent that works for us is transgender, and when he mm-hmm. called me, he said, "Wow, that really resonated." So you're right. Mm-hmm. No one ever knows how that can be impacting someone in some way. That, that, is, uh, that is a great story that you told. So, Mark, before we go, how do you subscribe yeah. to the CLO? Well, we just announced our summer season for 2023, which is three classic uh, American musicals, which is um, Sound of Music, Anything Goes, and Guys and Dolls as well as three contemporary award-winning Broadway musicals, which is Into the Woods by Stephen Sondheim, Once on this Island by Pittsburgh Stephen Flaherty, and uh, the great Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812, a groundbreaking musical from 2016. Um, subscriptions aren't on sale yet, but you can get more information at uh, pittsburghclo.org. And you can find out about all our programs. Again, what I find fascinating is we're so diverse in all the different things we do. We've had a couple consultants over the years apparently come in and be like, maybe you guys should, you know, tighten up and, you know, stay a little more in this lane. And then when they learn what we do, they're like, well, that's what you do. Do all those things. So again, whether it's someone who wants to take a class, see a show, maybe donate to a scholarship or donate to making sure a community program happens, there's a place for everyone at CLO. And it's not just us you know, again, I want to be a part of this community. This org- I say this to my staff all the time. Pittsburgh CLO stands for Pittsburgh Civic Light Opera. You have to travel through the words Pittsburgh and civic before you ever get to our art form. Oh, so those first wow. two matter more. That and we need to make sure that saying. we're doing that. So I hope people will support the CLO, whether you're in attendance, as a donor, a student, a parent who brings their kid who, you know, I was that kid that was awkward. My parents said, you know what, put them in drama class. And the rest is history. So uh, there's a place for everyone. I want you to come experience us first. Visit the website. Find our email if you want to ask me a question. I'm happy to talk to anyone about the CLO. As you can tell, I don't have a problem talking about the CLO. <laughs> Well, I love the CLO also. And Mark, thank you so much for being with us. Well, thank you for having me. We end every show with a quote. And today that quote is, music can change the world because it can change people, said Bono. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com 
talk to you next week. And in the words of Mary Brocker, choose joy. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. We are the leader in live Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. 